Hey guys, welcome back to the Marriage and Real Estate Podcast. We're your hosts, Kevin and Aisha Shelton, and we're busy, busy, busy. All right. <laughs> okay, and we're back. You must have had them 50 shots of vodka and had communion. <laughs> that was so funny. Um, no, we are back for another episode, and boy, I tell you, everybody is a real estate investor, aren't they? Ain't that what we want? Yes, we do. We do want. We do. But we want do want to take some of the the uh, mystification out of real misconceptions. Estate. Misconceptions. 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 Like some common misconceptions, myths. misdirection, <laughs> misalignment, misnomer, just mistakes. Miss like making mistakes. No, no, Miss Ann, not that. Um, about real estate investing because I think we talk about this. We've had this conversation before yep. about how the internet is like cap, cap, capity, cap, cap, cap. Yep. Um, and they make it look much easier than it is. That is and true. before there was the internet, there was HGTV that yep. made it seem like it was much easier than it is. And we just don't want to see any more couples getting their arse handed to them because they jump into something that um, they don't quite know enough about. Mm-hmm. Um and while I think that experience is a great way to cut your teeth, it could really put a strain on your mental health, finance, <laughs> marriage, everything, life, everything. reputation. Okay, all of it. So we want to talk about a few myths when it comes to real estate investing. So, you know, I think that for the last two and a half years, since probably a couple of months after the pandemic started, real estate's just been on a tear. It's been going crazy. And that pent up demand met these low interest rates and everybody was winning or everybody looked like they were winning. Everybody was definitely winning. And, you know, the thing about it is in a market like that, knowledge doesn't matter. You Whatever shot you putting up, it's a sinker. Yep. And what people didn't realize is when the market shifts, it goes right back to the fundamentals. You know what I mean? And if you didn't have the opportunity to learn the fundamentals when you got started, you might be. Uh, riding on an inflated sense of what real estate investing really is. So, you know, I think we experienced kind of the internetification, inter, uh, I'm going to roll with that, internetification of real right. estate investing, where everybody was Don't a guru, Google it. Uh, and TikTok was dominant. So all you thought was everybody's making a million dollars, and no matter what your play was, that play is going to work for you in your market, and you're gonna make a billion dollars, quit your job tomorrow. So let's let's play a little ping pong. All right, go. I'll give a myth. All right. And you debunk it. There we go. All right, so let's go. <laughs> you gotta get it. You can look. buy real estate with no money. So debunk that. Technically true. Yes. Um, but very hard to do. Okay takes a lot of knowledge. Yes. So you can buy real estate with no money, but you can't buy real estate with no knowledge, no experience, no network, <laughs> no experience, no real uh, no credit, no relationships, no credit, uh no sweat equity or time. Yes. You you got to have some other factors. So while money isn't the only deciding factor, there's a whole lot of other stuff that goes into that. So that is dun dun dun. Not a myth. 
Not a myth. Okay, so I'll tell you, we started our real estate career with OPM. Everybody knows what OPM is. If you don't, that's not technically true. Boom. Just wait, buddy. Okay, go ahead. Let me flush it out. Thanks. All right, go ahead. Okay, OPM is other people's money. All now, right. other people's money could be bank money. All right. Other people's money could be investors from friends and family. Okay. It could be a crowdfund. But we did start investing with OPM. We started with bank money. And we did true. a really good job. And once we started with bank money, but then we also invested with other people's money. That is true. As well. That is true. However... The difference between us and your average beginning investor mm -hmm. is Kevin had a long history mm -hmm. of construction, building, yep. renovation, right? Yep. And so when you ask somebody for money, um, you want to make sure that you have the ability to execute. To perform. Not only did he have that background, he also has a very knowledgeable Scope. I studied real estate. A very really knowledgeable scope. Yeah, a very knowledgeable scope of financing and and how to finance projects and budgets and all of those things. And so um, that didn't come with a little bit of skin off of our teeth, hmm. right? We yeah. definitely learned some some major financial lessons. Can it be done? Yes. Is it easy? Absolutely not. And if anybody is trying to sell you a course to tell you that it's easy. They selling you wolf tickets. No, it is possible. It is not easy. It is. Okay. Give me All right, second second ping pong. No, dude, I thought I was debunking. Ping pong. Oh, I was back and forth. There okay. we go. That's how you play ping pong. Oh, you play okay. by yourself. You just gotcha. appreciate it. Here's one right up your alley. Okay. You need to have a real estate license to buy and sell real estate. Ooh, you do not need to have a real estate license to buy and sell real estate. Dun, dun, dun. So when I was in real estate school, I met a lot of people who said like, oh, I want to invest in real estate. That's why I'm taking real I'm taking these classes to get my license. Mm -hmm. It's completely different. Um, should you know? Can you know some of those things? Yes. However, does having a real estate license make you a better investor? No. And honestly, the um, most common thing that you hear from seasoned real estate agents about what they wish they would have done earlier was buy property sooner. Most real estate agents don't own very much property. Mm -hmm. um, and they're so busy buying and selling because that's a career in itself that they don't stop and take the time to figure that other piece out. The other thing is your income is up and down and up and down. So it's very difficult to finance, finance things, right? And so as realtors, we get caught up in commissions that we forget about the beauty of real estate investing. But running numbers and doing due diligence, you do not need to be a realtor to do that. As a matter of fact, most realtors don't know how to do that. Um, and I'll tell you, it's funny, myself and Tiffany Ryland were joking the other day about how somebody said, hey, uh, I need to work with an agent. I'm looking to buy some investments. Can you see if these numbers work? No, 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 I can't. <laughs> you see if the numbers work. <laughs> you are my liaison. There's an element to this called due diligence, and it's the job of the investor to do their own due diligence. And my job is to just take direction. So if you say, hey, I want to buy this 15-unit apartment complex, then I'm going to write up the contract and negotiate the deal for you and manage the process. But you need to make sure your numbers work because it's not on me as the realtor to figure that out for you. That is something that you have to do and you have to understand. That is true. You want to add anything to that? 
Um, don't let this is going to be twofold. Don't let your license get you into trouble and don't let your lack of license get you into trouble. I mean, right. work so, with a professional. Work with I, a professional. I still think you should work with the professional um, no to manage what. that process. Now, whether that's you or somebody else, it's like it's jumping over dollars for pennies when you try to get your real estate license to be a real a real estate investor. There's so much more time that you can be spending and money that you can be spending on investing and learning how to invest than getting a license now we're in a very unique position and if you're married i think it's a great idea for one of you to get licensed because you keep that money in house instead of paying it out and as the marriage and real estate podcast i'm an advocate for that one of y'all go get and, your license and make sure that you're staying legal with it all right because i know that was a big thing um is using track contracts when um you're not a licensed agent. That's mm -hmm. a big thing. So make sure if you're not an agent, you either are working with an agent to draft a Texas real estate contract or, you know, whatever your state real estate contract is, or you use a legal contract that's not a state form that requires a license just to make sure you're protected. Yeah. Um, let's see. Another common real estate myth is it's easy to make money in Airbnb. That is definitely a myth. <laughs> so, you know, Airbnb is an operating business model. It is not a passive income stream. Mm -hmm. It is not an easy income stream. And I think what people confuse is the use of systems versus ease of use of a strategy. Mm -hmm. um, and that kind of goes back to the internetification of the world, right? Um, Airbnb is like running a hotel. So you got to provide service. You got to provide an outcome that somebody's paying for, whether that's a really nice, you know, house that's clean and safe and whatever, or, you know, an experience that doesn't leave them wishing that they didn't come to your place, right? Like mm -hmm. you want to make sure that um, in order to get your business sustainably, right, like to have repeat business, regular business, you want to run it like a business. And I think people see, oh, well, I'm just going to put some furniture in a room and then that's, there you go, Airbnb. And you could do that, but that's not an operating, you know, that's not taking the strategy out to the fullest extent. So easy um, is not something that I would describe Airbnb as. Very possible, systemized, you know, um, it can be profitable, can be profitable for, yeah, the, for, sure. for the right operators. It wasn't something that we enjoyed and it wasn't the profitability that we didn't like. It was the operational side of it. So I'll tell you. Because we have other operational. Businesses. Yeah. Um, I think, too, that what people don't take into account is operating. Right. Mm -hmm. And what revenue looks like. So you might. Yeah. You might bring in. $10,000 a, a month from this Airbnb. But after all of your expenses, what are you left with? Mm -hmm. um, that's the real. Then you have to ask yourself, is it worth it? Right. Because yep. if after all your expenses, you walked away with $400 every month, well, you probably be better off putting a long term tenant walking away with 300 or 320 and it's less work yep. um, and it's less taxing. And so there's that. And then also, I feel like people really over glorify um, 
really over glorified the business as passive, like you were saying. Mm -hmm. And it's extremely, it's an extremely active business. And even when you have systems and people that cost money, which cuts into your profit. And so you find yourself in the same place. But we do know people who run very profitable yep. Airbnbs, but it's a it's a business business and you really have to treat <clears throat> it like a business and not just like some passive source of income because it's not. No, true story. And you know, it's just the internet that tells you otherwise. So I have a, a myth for you. If you don't stop patting your damn uh, <laughs> the thighs. I'm trying to drum roll. <laughs> so my myth is you need to quit your job to invest in real estate. Ooh, very ghetto. Um, you may have heard our story. Kevin and I both quit our jobs to go full-time in real estate. And you may also hear us say... Um, we don't recommend it. We definitely don't recommend it. We the reason we, we didn't quit our job to invest in real estate. No, we quit, we quit our, our job because we had to run our business. And we to point. work in a real in the real estate industry. Um, but let's be very clear. We still work. Yeah. Um, we probably Every work. Day. We work more than we did when we had regular jobs. Um, is there satisfaction? Yes. Yeah, yeah. There sure. is. There is a lot of satisfaction on this side. Um, a lot of hustle, a lot of hard work. Um, but I think if you have the temperament for it, if you really like your job, if you don't have a job problem, it's what Kevin likes to call a job problem. Whenever we talk to people and they say they want to be in real estate or do real estate, it's like, why? And it was like, I hate my job. I don't want to wake up. I don't want to do that. And you don't have a you don't have a real estate problem. You got a job real estate problem. problem. You got a job problem. You don't like your job. But for some people, they really like their job. They like climbing the ladder of success. And I mean, that works for them. And so it is so much easier, y'all, to buy real estate if somebody has a W-2 income. It is not impossible to buy real estate if you don't have a W-2 income. But when I tell you how much easier it is to just add properties to that portfolio when people, when somebody has a W-2, even if one of y'all has it a W-2, it makes more a world of difference. And so we have investors that invest with us that have high salaries yep. and they passively invest with us in our business and they make a pretty good return. Yep. Um, and they have aspirations of doing thing, you know, doing real estate full time. And that's cool too. Um, but they're, amassing this portfolio while they have this steady paycheck and if i could advise anybody to do it unless you got this specialized background like yeah. kevin i would really say take a strategic approach to that and maybe your ultimate goal is to be out of your jobs but really find out what that passive number needs to be for you to comfortably leave that job and there's so many career paths inside of real estate you know um i was watching a ryan serhant video and he was talking about the no risk of being an agent, right? Uh, he's like, you know, my sellers have to, um, they have to own the asset, they have to price the asset, they have to, you know, hold the asset until we sell it, so there's risk in that. My buyers have to be approved for finance and I have to have the money to buy, they have to be able to close the deal, well, there's operational risk in that. He's like, I'm just a middleman putting it together, so I have very little risk in bringing these two together so I can just make money. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think for people who don't have that specialized background and have a passion for real estate and maybe a job problem, being an agent is a good career path mm -hmm. uh, or something in that real estate path, whether it's an inspector or an appraiser. A because lender. There's so many jobs, a lender. Mm -hmm. There's so many jobs um, 
that are needed in the real estate industry and they give you the capital to invest, right? Like working that as a job. So if you hate your job and we've heard countless stories from guests on the podcast who were working whatever jobs and got into real estate, right? Um, that can be your path to get there, but it is not the only path to get there. And you can definitely ride your W-2 into your investing dreams and yeah. keep your job the whole way. Yeah. So I recommend that. Yes. It's my turn. It is your turn. Last one. Last one. Do you Last have something? Because I don't. <laughs> no, no, no. I got one after you. you I know. I'm one. saying, do you have one that I could give you? Maybe one that's like, oh, this is a good one. Let me give it to it. Uh, you have to have a background in building to build. Oh, okay. Here we go. And you want me to answer? You, want me to ask <laughs> you have to more? have. Here's your myth, Kevin. Uh, no, you have to have a background in building. So what, do you, what is your response to that? So you do not have to have a background in building to build. Do I recommend it? Definitely. But are there plenty of people who get into building that don't have a background in building? But here's what you need. And, and this is the, the point of wisdom to that. You need to partner with somebody who has more experience than you in building mm -hmm. um, to evaluate accurately contractor bids, you know, contracts, things like that, because where most people lose their shirt is not understanding mm -hmm. construction. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember one of the reasons I became a contractor is I saw my mother get taken advantage of by contractors. Like, oh yeah, you need a, a ball swing hip joint on this roof. And it's like, a what? Yeah. Uh, and at 15, I didn't know what, I couldn't say what something was or wasn't. And when I became a contractor, I was like, oh yeah, that's complete BS. So then that part of the business stopped. Right. So plenty of people get taken advantage of for lack of understanding. Yeah. So if you don't have the knowledge base, you need to partner with somebody who has the knowledge base or get educated in the knowledge base. I've given uh, many uh, construction books to people uh, for them to get more familiar. There's a, a book that I, I love to recommend to people that has every component of a house. I mean, from stick to brick, right? Like every single component and names for it, how it goes together, how systems work. And I give that out to people as gifts to educate themselves. So if you want to be involved in that building process, it starts with education. Yeah. I would say get yourself around some people or person who does it, has done it. That's also a great way to learn um, and adding value to them, right? Not just, I just want to hang out and see what you're doing and do what you're doing. Like, Ask, ask me how you can add value to me um, or find a way to add value. I say that all the time. Um, but also, I think good project management skills help with that, too. You have to be on top of stuff. You have to make sure that things get completed and that there's follow through. And so I think project managers might be good in that regard. There's still areas where you may not know and um, contractor construction kind of stuff, but the ability to move something from where it is to where you want it to be, I mm -hmm. think is very important too. Typically time is money with these kinds of projects. And mm -hmm. so if you in a flip and you are a new investor, you probably have a hard money loan. And so the longer it takes you to get through it, the more expensive it is. And it's just, it all can come crumbling down um, if you don't do it correctly and with the right guidance, so. No, true, true. Uh, last myth for you. This is that was my last one from you that I gave to myself. Got it. And this is my last one from you. I need to wait till interest rates go down or the economy changes to start investing in real estate. 
Okay. Oh, this is a good one. Okay. So absolutely, positively not. If you would have asked me two, a year and a half ago, is it a good time to invest in real estate? I would have said yes. Interest rates are low. I mean, you can get more bang for your buck. It's a really great time. Now, some of the challenges that were happening in the market were multiple offers, offers that are over list price, well over list price, waiving the appraisal. So that just means you could get a house that's worth 240,000, but you go, oh, I don't care if it's worth 240,000, I don't even wanna know, and the house is worth 180,000, you just take that risk. I mean, people were taking that kind of risk mm -hmm. in the market. And so if somebody asked me today, is today a good time to buy a house? I'm gonna say, absolutely. And let me tell you why, <laughs> because now you have more negotiating power. People are not paying over list price anymore. You are not in competition with other people. You can get sweet, sweet, sweet deals right now. Yep. And you have a high interest rate, sure. But historically, it's not. And I'm not even going to get into all of that. What I am going to say is get a monthly note that you're comfortable with. That matters. So, yes, you can still find the home of your dreams at an affordable price, despite what the interest rate is. But it's always a good time to buy real estate because real estate is going to appreciate. And everybody is going to look back and say, man, I should have bought then. So those of us that didn't buy a year ago was like, man, I should have bought then. For those of us that don't buy right now, you're going to look back on this market and say, man, I should have bought then because there'll be other obstacles to overcome. That's the nature of real estate. But also the nature of real estate is it's an asset. Regardless of when you buy, you're holding on to an asset. And if you hold on to it for a, a good amount of time, sometimes it's short, depending on what the market looks like. And sometimes it's a little bit longer. But you know you're going to be able to squeeze money out of that asset. So today, right now, always. And I want you right now to like and subscribe and hit that notification bell <laughs> and follow us on the marriage and real estate podcast our youtube channel instagram uh, marriage and real estate kevin and aisha shelton or kevin shelton aisha shelton and stay tuned for all the amazing things that we have that was great advice i couldn't even add anything to that so uh, i think that's a great time we busted a lot of myths we did you know let people know what the real deal is with real estate investing and for more amazing advice like that uh check us out on the marriage and real estate podcast this is kevin and aisha shelton have a happy happy holiday season for those of you we don't see and uh we out